podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everybody and welcome to Club Deck Corner here on Club Act 22, the Rangers podcast. I am your host Scott Carney and it's a full house this week. So first of all, Ali Pearson, how's it going mate? Not bad, it's my last day of being 35 today, I'm 36 <laughs> tomorrow, it's your birthday on Saturday as well, so we're all going out for a, a birthday celebration at the weekend, Jamie's coming with his missus in uh, Scotia too and Rachel, so I'm looking forward to it on Saturday. Yeah, look forward to it, mate. I'll be 33. Yeah, I know I don't look at mate, but I, I will be 33. <laughs> uh, Scott Gable, how's it going, mate? Yeah, good afternoon, guys. How's everyone? Yeah, not bad, mate. And last but not least, Jamie Lowe, how's it going, mate? Hello, hello. All good? All good. Yes, I, Alice, uh, we're getting older, mate. Uh, 33. I mean, I don't even know you're not even slightly grey yet, man, and I'm turning into, slowly turning into Santa Claus. It's a frightening rate right now, but yeah, I uh, look forward to it now, mate. As I say, I finish up on Friday tomorrow for a week as well, and the weather next week looks like it's going to be scorching. Also, it looks like I've took a took a good week off, so looking forward to taking out a few drinks, uh, something to eat, and a bit of normality, hopefully. Uh, but we are here, obviously, to round up some Rangers news. Uh, we're going to discuss Scotland's disappointing, but if we're honest, expected performance um, in the Euros and their exit, uh, and as well look at the road to the final, uh, we're obviously going to be discussing um, a certain ex-manager's um, continuous tour on the, um, the the meltdown roadshow that he seems to be going on because it would be rude not to mention him because it's, it's pretty spectacular stuff. But there is... Only one place to start, and it's with Rangers news. So, Jamie, do you want to take it away, mate, with uh, your bit of news this week, mate? Yeah, sure. So, um, something you know I'm always up to date on. The, the club have released some of their new uh, training range for the upcoming season. Um, so, after a bit of a, a countdown on the website, we obviously didn't know what it was going to be. Um, the email, actually, that came from the club suggested the home strip's going to be released in the coming days as well. Um, as we know, the Castor gear has been a bit pricey. Um, there's obviously been quality issues uh, last season, so I think it's a big year for Castor uh, to learn and, and make sure they get it right this year. Um, it's, fair, it's fair to see, even even in our group chat, there's, there's been mixed reaction to some of the, the training pieces, um, which I suppose there's always going to be. But the first thing to call it is probably the crest um, with the 150-year anniversary piece below the badge. Uh, I think that's really, really smart. Um, it looks as if the, the crest is actually a bit bigger. Um, and, of course, they've, they've removed the, the five stars. The, it sounds as if they're going to be going on the back of the kit, which I think is a, a nice idea as well to keep, keep it somewhere. Um, so I suppose, firstly, to you all, what do you think of the, the new training gear? And secondly, what do you think about the, the crest and, and taking away those five stars? So first off, I, I think um I think they've you're right in what you said at the start, mate. It's a massive year for Castor. They have to get it right this year. There's not really any manoeuvre for it, stuff falling apart, different logos falling off, etc. That can't happen this year. Castor stuff is pricey. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I, I 
I had a wee moan about it as soon as I seen the price of some of the stuff I was user aware of it. I think it's it's just a wee bit too expensive, but people will pay it, so you can't really grudge them for cashing in on this. It's, it's a massive deal for them, but this is another reason that they have to get it absolutely spot on. Um, obviously, the the red one's the controversial one. I think the, the kind of red T-shirt with the, with the gold writing on it. I'll need to wait until I see it in person. When I first seen it, I was like, that's that's not nice. I wasn't the biggest fan of that. I, I, everything else that I've seen looks really nice, though, to be honest. The, the, especially the the white one with the blue that was in the uh, the Superstore. Yeah. Um, that looks particularly nice. And a few of the kind of smart polo shirts as well. They look really, really smart. Uh, the kind of golfing polos, if you like. But, um, yeah, I, I like that. In terms of the crest, I think it looks brilliant. I, I really do. Yeah. Uh, I've liked the five stars and not liked the five stars at the same time, but I think when you see the badge alone, even as what Scott's wearing just now on um, the kind of retro top that was released, I think that badge just looks better on its own. Yeah. I don't think it really need anything needs added to it. Uh, but it's nice wee touch with the wee scroll underneath for 150 50 years. This is obviously coming off the back of the kind of leaked picture of the the home top that it looks like it's going to be anyway with Tav. Uh, it's very similar to the one Scott's wearing just now as well. It's the white collar, white arms. It looks like that's what it's going to be. As I say, it was leaked. I'm not 100% sure. Again, the front looks like it's going to be full gold um, with the, the crest, with the cast over and with the sponsor. Again, I don't think there was really a need to go full gold for the whole thing. I think the crest maybe on its own could have been gold. Uh, personal, again, I, I'm a very old-fashioned kind of guy when I look towards football and football tops and the simpler the better I would like the, the badge to be gold but again I need to wait until I see it in person but I mean fair play to, to Kistor they're going to release some amount of gear this year this is only just the start I think so uh, but yeah I'm looking forward to seeing what the, the, the three strips are going to be this year Ali your, your thoughts on the, the kit and the crest yeah the training kit, I thought, I mean, that's just a small selection they brought out first, Castor. I mean, they will bombard us with lots of <laughs> emails, emails and emails yeah, and so new stuff, I, new I mean, stuff. I'll, I'll be expecting a, a flag day training kit or something will come out that they'll wear. So, you know what they like, Castor, they'll, they'll bring out lots this season. So, if there is something that you don't like, um, there will be something that will come, on, come along down the road that you probably will like. In terms of the red one, which you're on about, which has been controversial, if you want to call it, um, I didn't mind it with the short sleeves. It reminded me of a, a Rangers top. Oh, way the back. vest top, I, you mean? You you want to wear the vest top, you mean? No, it's short sleeves. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, the vest one you're on about. I could wear the vest. To be fair, I'm in the back of the gym, so I could wear the vest one. But, oh, um, don't. See, if you, you wear the vest top, mate, I will never speak to you again in my life, nah, I'm telling you. I wouldn't wear that. I wife beat a bit. Um, <laughs> no, the, no, but the red top, it reminded me of um, a strip from, oh, it was when, I remember Steve, um, Stefan Givash, mm. he's a guy I've always got in my head that wore the red top. It's similar-ish to that. I didn't mind it. Um, you're on about the price of a lot of these tops. Uh, they're the same to last year. I mean, the anthem jacket, I did like it. It was quite simple. I really liked it. 95 quid. I mean, that's what myself and Scott paid for our anthem jackets um, last season. So I expected that. In terms of the leaked kit, I'm similar to yourself. I, all gold over it. I, mm, I, I was slightly, I don't want to say tacky, but it is a wee bit slightly. I'd maybe just have, like you say, one bit gold maybe, but... It looks good enough, but Kistor need to get it right this year. We, we can't have kits falling apart. I mean, 
my orange training top for last year, one wash, a uh, 30 degree cycle inside out, done within one wash. I've, my anthem jacket, I've got utter fear of washing that. I know Scotia's anthem jackets, I don't know how many letters he's got left on it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they need to get it right because they, they had a wee bit of leeway last year because it was their first year, there was COVID, there was a lot of things they could. Excuses if you want to use this year, there's no excuses, it needs to be bang on. Yeah, Scotia, your thoughts on um, the cat and the crest, mate? Yeah, I'm, it's kind of growing me in terms of the cat and the crest. I know we get asked this question back in the QA, we done sort of around just after Christmas time, and it was something that I forgot to kind of mention. But I'm personally glad that the five stars have are gone from the the crest that we're wearing the badge. I think we should only do it ever really have that, you know, the season after, maybe a couple of seasons after we've actually got the 50 titles and then just put the B5 stars somewhere else, which appears to be the case. So yeah, I'm quite happy with that. It was something I forgot to mention at that, at that point. Um, the training gear kit itself all looks fairly decent. I was similar to you when I first seen the gold, the red top with the gold, it was like, it'd be a lot better with white. Um, and yeah, as Ali says, I think it was the last, was it our second kit or third kit? The last time we had McCune's Lager as a sponsor. Yeah. Um, that was very similar to that and I probably would prefer it in white, but it's grown on me as I've looked at it more and more. And I think most of the stuff will, will grow on me. And once you see it in person as well, I've not actually bought anything myself yet. I think I'll maybe leave it and go into the shop and have a sort of browse around before I make any rash purchases because as Ali said there's going to be I think there's going to be a fair fair amount of stuff getting released throughout the season so yeah. save up for it all I don't think there's any doubt about that um, Jamie what have you not ordered yet I'm presuming the only thing you've not ordered is the vest <laughs> I like the vest <laughs> hey, I've, I've actually I've actually not I've not ordered anything to be fair I, I think similar I'd like to go into the store there's a few things to be released that um, look to be only in the store, so uh, I've spent plenty last season. Maybe give it a couple of a couple of weeks at least. Yeah, what do you think of the crest? Well, you spend like what hundred and I, I love the crest. Yeah, I think it's really smart. Um, I like the idea of keeping the, the five stars. Um, I think it's to go on the possibly the back of the neck. Um, but yeah, I think I'd said that in the group chat. Like as soon as we see the players training in that kit, you you change your mind. I bet you, I, I can actually see you wearing the red stuff. <laughs> I probably will, mate. That's the thing. Um, it's just my first initial reaction of it was just maybe if it, again, maybe it's the gold that's put me off. I don't know. As I say, you're not used to really yeah. seeing many that the Ranger stuff really in gold. Um, so it's it's. It might grow on me. Uh, I'll need to wait and see, but uh, I'll need to save for a bit. I'm telling you that for a fact because I, I've got the fear of how much this home top's going to be, and I'm imagining that the away top um, is possibly going to be red. This is me pres- just presuming, just based on what the training gear is. Uh, I think the the the, the away top looks like it's going to might be red, and then there's obviously rumours that the third might be white or purple. Um, so we don't really know about that. But I'm looking forward to seeing them. But yeah, I expect the home top to they'll just add an extra tenner or so on to it just because it's the 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 150th year one. If you like, but, yeah, use... I mean, fair... carry on, Scott. So, sorry, Connie, I was going to say, did any use ordered the champions jersey from last season? No, I know that's no, I don't. on it. 
So now, you know, if you yeah. see, find someone that's got that, you'll maybe get a good idea. If it is going to be the home new home kit, it's going to have gold. Find someone that's got that, and you'll be able to have a better kind of idea. Jamie will have it. Like, Guarantee Jamie's got it. I've got it. Okay. <laughs> He's Castor's. He is Castor's prime customer, Jamie. Jamie gets an interview, gets an email, and immediately he's just like, "Oh no, I'm going to need to spend another seventy quid on this." Well, um, yeah, I say we'll wait and see. The home top looks like it might be launched this weekend, um, so hopefully um, we get to see it in person. Uh, so we'll move on from there. Um, Scotia, we'll come to you next, mate, uh, for your your bit of news this week. Yeah, it's um, long overdue news because I was meant to speak about this in general maybe about three weeks back, but work kind of kept me away. Um, but it's to do with the B team. Obviously, they got accepted into the, the Lowland League now. Obviously, that's a few weeks old now. But uh, the fixture list got announced this week and they'll be kicking off their season on Saturday, the 17th of July. Um, something that I didn't know and it's quite, in, quite of interest to me because it's close by is that their home base is going to be uh, the Dumbarton Stadium. So that's only 10 minutes away in a train for me, 15 minutes in the car. So um, if it doesn't clash with um, any home team games, the main team, um, that's a a wee option for me. And the Lowland League itself, it's all spread. All the clubs are kind of through the central belt, southeast Scotland. So there's obviously you've got um, Gala, Ferry, Dean. So there's opportunities for people to go and see Rangers that might live quite far away from Ibrox and don't really get the chance to go as well. So, um, yeah, that came up and I thought that was fairly interesting. Wondered your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's now, obviously, that, that I was I didn't know whether I was for or against it, but I think I'm now. Scott, do you know any idea of the rules between who can actually play for the Colts team? For example, if you've got a player coming back from injury, can he go play in the B team? Can that happen? Oh, I think I've seen something about this that they probably can't. Right. I don't think so. I it's, think not it like, it's, not, uh, it's not like a reserve team, it's actually like a B team. Yeah, I think so, but yeah. don't don't quote me on that because I've not I've not read into it enough. But I, I, I because, I'm sure I did hear somewhere that that was the case that they wouldn't be able to. Because uh, that would obviously pull more people as well if you're getting to see a potential first teamer that's maybe coming back from injury and whatever else. But even at that, I still think it's a good thing to be able to see the. What could be the future of the team? Um, as I say, I'm not sure. I've not looked up exactly where the stadiums are in relation to me, but if there's any that are within like an hour's driving of me and I'm not doing anything that Saturday, I, I can't Eastcote see Bride. why I... Oh, is Eastcote Bride? So as me, I got that's just up road. Yeah. I know. Yeah, you, there you go, road. man. That's... Yeah, Eastcote Bride's literally just up road, so there's, there's, there's no doubt I could, I could probably go to that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be really interesting to see. Um, uh, and I, I'm really all for it. Um, Jamie, your, your thoughts on the Colts team, mate? Good, good to see them getting um, into that level of football. And, and like you say, we'll see we'll see what level of players going to get involved in um, the idea of being able to go and, and travel and, and see the teams. A good thing, aye. Up for, up for going to see them. Pearson. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. I think the reason behind why they're playing at Dumbarton is, I know we've got the wee stand up at up at Alton Howie where they could they could play the games there, but to play in an actual football stadium to get them used to it and that with the fans and stuff, that's probably why they're playing at Dumbarton. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's decent. Like like Scotia saying, if we weren't playing on a Saturday, for instance, and the Colts were playing at Dumbarton or even close by, I'd, I'd go along and see it. I think a lot of people would. The only thing is there'll be limited tickets because 
it's small ground, so I think these tickets would be snapped up very quickly. So um, <laughs> yeah, I'm all I'm all for it and looking forward to it and seeing the, the development of the younger players if they can if they can make that leap into the first team. I think as well, when you mentioned the small stand, obviously, Auchinhoe, I think that's probably the reason they've actually moved to a proper stadium because the crowds are probably going to be much bigger than that um, than that one stand. Do you know what I mean? And I don't know if there's a capability of half people standing round the outside of the park at Auchinhoe. I wouldn't have thought so. So that's probably why they've actually chose to use an actual stadium. Scott, what's your your thoughts on it? Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, as I say, I'm very close by to Dumbarton, so you know it's not too far away for me. If I could just decide if there's a midweek game on, for instance, that doesn't clash, I can just pop along on my way back from work because hopefully getting back up to the, the office shortly. Um, one thing I did note, and they've done this, well, I don't think they've done this on purpose, but a lot of the women's games last season tended to clash when we were on telly. So there was an awful lot of the women's games that I would have liked to have sat on the TV and watched a bit more, but because they clashed with the our games, the first-team games, I didn't, um, and the first Old Firm game in that Lowland League is at the moment scheduled for the 31st of July at 3pm, and that's obviously mm. the, the league opener day, so you would, hopefully it gets moved around for telly, because that would be quite an interesting game to even watch if it's available on RTV, or I think it's at whatever Celtic will be playing their home games, even if we can get it streamed from something from them. But Adam, I, ideal- I would imagine, carry on. No, I was going to say, ideally, you wouldn't, don't want the games to clash too much, but Lowland League, the Lowland League needs to take care of itself, really, rather than fitting games around when we can watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah, I think it's they've kind of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? They've kind of uh, let Rangers and Celtic as much as they're probably going to let Rangers and Celtic away with now, the fact that they've let, let them in the league. So I think we've used up the brownie points there. You might find, mate, that the, the old firm games for the coach team might be moved to games like it's the first game of our, our season and there might be the actual old firm happening so that there's not massive crowds going to these these tiny stadiums that that could potentially happen but we don't know obviously we don't know we need to wait and see that uh, so right we'll move on now uh, and today UEFA have announced that the away goal rule is gone um, it is no more and it will be immediately uh, and it will be happening starting the upcoming 2021-2022 season Um Obviously, this was rumoured a wee while ago that this potentially was going to happen. Um, my thoughts are very mixed on it because I was having a think about it before we started recording. I was thinking, well, I mean, if you get a tough draw and you go away and you get a 1-1, um, then you kind of fancy yourself back at Ibrooks, even if it is like a draw and vice versa. Now it's like, well, if a good team come to us and they get a draw, then they're going to be at home. So it's, it's going to be a weird one to get used to because you'll be constantly thinking about away goals. But... Uh, Ali, what's your, your initial thoughts on UEFA um, getting rid of the, the away goal? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a while ago and we said, I, thought we, I think we were in favour of if it went to extra time, scrap the away goal at that point. But mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's going all together now. It's ah, it's one of these, we've benefited from it down the years, the away goal, as of tons of other teams. And again, Vice versa, you've not benefited from it because the other teams went through. But I think it will change the way teams approach games now because with a away goal, especially if you're away from home, you would maybe set up a lot defensively, maybe nick that goal and that would be it. So I think a lot of teams will look at it maybe differently, approach games differently over the two legs. But 
Yeah, I, I'm not over. I wouldn't say I'm upset that they're taking their way goal away. Um, is what it is. It makes it a more even playing field kind of a feel. I say so. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of all for it to be honest. And yeah, well, you need to beat a team over two legs, and if it's if the way goal's gone, then it's yeah, I'm I'm, I'm for it. I think you'll see a lot more extra time and penalties now. Um, I think that's almost f- for sure. Um, but I, I say it's we'll need to wait and see whether it's going to benefit us or not. I mean, I might be gutted with it, and I, I, I might be uh, all for it, depending on how the results fall, uh, fall for us. Scott, your your thoughts on the away goal rule being no more? Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Really, it's um, I'll be happy with it if it doesn't impact us. But as soon as we go out, because where we would have went through last season, then I'll be angry about it. But you, you touched, touched on it there, Carney. My biggest concern is there's probably going to be an awful lot more extra time and asking teams to play another 30 minutes on top of what already is a massive, massive fixture list that they've got to get through. That's my only concern. I think that you could see a lot more of that. But Ali's maybe right as well that you'll maybe lose some of these uber-defensive displays that you can sometimes see when a team nicks a goal and just plays out for the 1-1 the draw or just don't concede another or keep the scoreline as low as possible. Um, we'll need to see how it plays out. I'm not, not fussed either way, to be honest. It's not a massive change that I'm disappointed in or hugely enthused about, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think UEFA used the, the reason for it being that it's an old rule, um, just based the the, the unknown of European football, um, the way it used to be, but now it's so accessible. You kind of know exactly who you're going to play when you're going to play them, no matter who it is, no matter where it is. So, um, Jamie, are you for this, against it? Um, I'd probably agree with the, the thoughts on... Uh, we'll, we'll make that call once we see how, how we do, but we're a different prospect in Europe, and I think we, we're a different side, Um like Ali says, it will probably change people's approaches. But I think over the past three, two, three years in Europe, we, we go out and attack these bigger teams. Um, yeah, we'll play to counter, but we, we're going out to score in these games. So whilst, you know, going back to the Europa or UEFA Cup final run uh, with Smith and we got so many uh, 0-0 draws, 1-1 draws and... Um, I can't remember whether we used a goal to our, to our advantage, but it felt like we were scraping through those games. Um, don't get me wrong, again, we touched on it. If we qualify for the Champions League this year, it's going to be, um, we might be wishing that we, we had the away goal. I th- I, I, it's going to be tough, as I say, it's, it's going to be one of the ones we're going to just need to wait and see. Uh, in terms of uh, using the away goal, I think we just used defending to get in the UEFA Cup uh, final back then. <laughs> we were yeah. but uh, and a natural noble penalty. But uh, I mean, we're going to need to wait and see. As I say, it will definitely change the way teams approach things. I know what you mentioned there, Jamie, that Rangers go out and attack. Rangers do go out and attack, but I think it's to try and get that away goal, it's to try and. Um, get yourself in the best position as possible for the return legs. So, again, it's one of the ones you're going to need to wait and see. I think it's obviously going to, they're trying their hardest to promote more attacking football and for everybody just to play with kind of no holds barred and just make it as entertaining as possible. Um, <clears throat> but, I mean, we need to wait and see. We could be getting close to just having knockout football and not having leagues if this is the way it's going to go in terms of not having away goals and stuff so we'll need to wait and see what with it if it if it's a good thing or or a bad thing um, for us so before we finish up on um, 
Rangers news. Uh, not really Rangers news. I'll come to you last for your wee bit, Ali. Uh, we'll just quickly round up the, the actual Rangers stuff. Uh, so it's obviously transfer season. Uh, and the, the one that's kind of floating about just now is Morelos has been heavily linked with Porto. Um, the rumour is it's a, an offer between 12 and 15 million euros. Uh, now, I think what we're all expecting um, offers to go and start coming in. It's going to happen. These teams are going to make bids now. Um, I, I think that's inevitable. But, Jamie, I'll come back to you, mate. What are you thinking? Is 12, 15 million euros enough? Should we be looking to keep Morelos as much as we can? Or if he if he does go to Porto, um, it's a rather good move for him, I think. Absolutely, yeah. No, um, I think it would be a very good move for him. Um, I think I think we probably will hold out for more in terms of transfer fee. I can't remember how long he's contracted to, but he'll be one of our, our highest earners. So, um, obviously... Be gutted to see to see him leave, but I guess we need to be realistic. He's one of our our, our most sellable assets, so um, it's inevitable, sadly. But uh, I'd be holding out for a bit more than that. Yeah, again, I think it's all down to the fact that it's one more con- one more year of his contract's gone, and all this and the way the football politics work. Uh, I'm not sure if the twenty million pound bid will come that the Rangers want. I'm not sure if it will happen with Morelos. I'm also not a hundred percent certain that Morelos actually wants to leave. Uh, I think he's probably looking forward to Champions League football. So we need to wait and see. I think. See the other thing as well. I wouldn't be against to so say we're talking a twelve to fifteen million euro fee as long as we're clever with a sell-on fee, or a sell-on clause, sorry. Because um, let's be honest, if he, if he goes and he tears it up at a team like Porto, you know, where's he moving to next for, for even bigger money? Yeah. Uh, like, uh, James made a cracking point there. Rangers, if they are going to sell him, need to put a very sensible um, sell-on clause in there. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, to be honest. I mean, it, it, 12 to 15 million euro so in, in pounds terms, you're probably talking if well, 12, 12 million euros is roughly just slightly over ten million at the moment, just shy over ten million. He's a year more into his contract from last year as well. You've also got to remember we're in COVID times at the moment. A lot of teams, their finances haven't been the same as uh, pre-COVID, so that comes into thinking as well. But no, Jamie's right, and I was thinking the same thing today actually about Morelos. If he goes to a to a Porto, who, who I think would be a good move for him, as a stepping stone to the next team, he could he could leave Porto for if you don't know forty million, for instance. And if we put a ten to fifteen percent sell on clause on that, then that that gets you the money you wanted, kind of at the beginning and in a roundabout yeah. way. So yeah, definitely. I mean. Rangers aren't daft. They'll put a sell-on clause in Morelos, definitely, because they know he'll go for big bucks again. So, yeah, I, I, I just still don't think he wants to go yet, Morelos. <laughs> I just think he wants a wee crack at that Champions League. If we don't get into the group stage of the Champions League, he could he could leave. But I just think he wants a wee crack at it. This is the first year I would say I've not been... Every other year I've expected him to go the last two seasons. This season... I don't expect him to go, which is which means which means it probably which means it probably will. But I no, I think you're spot you're spot on there, mate. Uh, Scosa, your your thoughts on Morelos potentially going to Porto? 
Yeah, that was what I was going to say, really. I don't expect it. I don't feel worried this season that he'll leave. Therefore, I fully expect that it'll, it'll, it'll happen this season because I don't feel that comfortable. On the, you see, on the sell-on clause point, yeah, we definitely need to do it. But I wonder, Helsinki have probably got a sell-on clause on him as well. So right. that, that 10, to, that 10 to, mm. or 12 to 15 million euros then gets reduced a wee bit further with their sell-on clause because I assume they must have stuck something on him. Um so that you want to go a wee bit higher. But I think the problem you've got, you know, none of our players are going to go to the, the top teams in Europe. You know, your PSGs, your Bayern Munichs, etc. They're going to go either down south into the Premiership where you're going to get the biggest amount of money back because they just spend money ridiculously down there. Or they're going to go to a team like Porto who they'll pay money that's more in keeping with what I would probably suggest the market probably as in reality, without the EPL inflating a lot of these prices up. So if he's going anywhere other than England, I think we're going to have to expect for a wee bit less than maybe that 20 million. But if it's down to England, then yeah, maybe push it up further towards that 20 million mark. Yeah, you're spot on there, mate. That's that's 100% right. It's, if it is going to be England, then let's charge them an absolute fortune because they can certainly afford it. But I, it's a very good point, mate. If it's going to be yeah, another European um, club, then might need to expect a wee bit less for them. But again, it's all about... I know Rangers are going to need to sell someday. We, we, we keep saying it. We've said that a, a number of times, the model that Rangers are working through. It makes sense for us to, to have to sell on uh, sell on a player at some point. Um, whether it's going to be Morelos or not, again, we've got no idea. Uh, I would love if the wee man stayed for another year. I'm 50-50. I'll sit firmly on the fence for this one. I'm not sure if he'll leave or stay, but I think he wants a crack at the the Champions League, but I mean, if the offer comes and the money's there, I think he will. He'll probably go. Uh, but anyway, we'll move on to the the one that we all know is probably not right. Let's be honest. Um, as Billy Gilmore to Rangers, the very easy, the very easy link for all media outlets to to make. Uh, Chelsea have apparently said that they want Billy Gilmore to go on loan. Um, he's just had a. a, a a pretty decent Euros um, obviously unfortunately he caught Covid and we obviously wish him the best and hope he's alright but um, the link has obviously now been made to Rangers um, and it's also it's also very very easy for certain um, media outlets to say this um, when we all know that he's actually going to go to Norwich because I don't think he's going to come to Rangers um, Ali your thoughts on the Billy Gilmore thing it's just all paper talk really isn't it I think so to be honest I mean, I read something about it. it was pretty much a done deal with Norwich. I mean, they've they've just come up from the the championship in England, and they play good football. Norwich, I, I watched them last year down the championship. They, they do play good football. Did Chelsea want them to come to Scotland? I know we've got the European football. Do they, do they really want them to come up here, or do they want them to go to Norwich and play week in week out against teams they'll be playing against when he gets into that Chelsea team? I don't think they would send them here. I really don't. I know folk will say, aye, but we get Champions League, etc. So we need to get there first. Um, but I just, I can just see Chelsea send them to an Norwich. I, I really do because, I mean, I, I would love to have him at Rangers. I really would. I mean, he, where are you fit him in a team? Because he plays that Steve Davis role. So Steve Davis would need to come out of the team probably. <laughs> He's been one of our best players. So, yeah, I, I think it's paper talk. I, I think you're correct. Um It'd be brilliant if he did come, but yeah, I think he'll he'll go to a team in the Premiership in England. If I'm being honest, 
Yeah, Jamie, we would love to have him at Ibrox, but I just think it's a bit unrealistic, to be honest, for Chelsea to send him here. As you say, it's a, it'd be a shame in the boy. Where's he going to play? He'd be on the bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, nah. Um, it makes it makes more sense for him to stay stay down south and get um, more Premier League experience. There's there's probably a whole host of of teams in that Premier League that um, would be looking for a, a ball playing midfielder like him. So yeah, it makes sense. Norwich is isn't that far from uh, Chelsea as well. So paper yeah. Paper talk, mate. It's easy link to make. Um, Scotia, obviously, you're the you're the Scotland diehard on this podcast, mate. So I reckon you'd be pretty foaming at the mouth if Billy Gilmore decided he was coming back to Rangers. I would quite like it. I see earlier in the season, I think it got touted about as, as well when he wasn't kind of featured under Tuchel down at Chelsea. It was getting touted about that he might go out and loan, and at that point, I wasn't too keen on it because you know our midfield was doing so well. But uh, if it were to happen, I would be. I would like it. One of the things with Gilmore always gets me, it's a kind of what-if moment. What if Gerrard arrived a season earlier before he went down to Chelsea? You know, obviously, Gilmore done what was best for him in his career, going down to Chelsea. But if Gerrard was coming in the door, does that tempt him to stay? And Tuchel might look at it as well and look at the improvement of players like Glenn Kamara and Joe Aribo under Gerrard and the coaching team at Rangers at the moment and say, well, actually... He's going out to get good European experience and he'll be playing certain games because I, I, although Davis has been excellent last season, although I did say this the season previously, I don't expect him to play anywhere near as much as he did this season. Um, so it'd be interesting. I, would, I wouldn't be against the idea, to be honest, but I think it is lazy paper talk, easy link to make. Yeah, the easy link, but it's the one that keeps cropping up, so I just thought I'd mention it. But I just I don't see it happening. Uh, I really don't see it. So, Ali, uh, that kind of rounds up the rest of the, the, the kind of Rangers news, but um, this one's up a, a particular... I mean, it's Rangers-related in some ways because we all like a good laugh. Um, so, Ali, what, what do you want to talk about today? Um, the former Celtic manager, Neil Lennon, has been doing a wee road... <laughs> He's been doing a wee roadshow at the moment, which has been quite good. And be fair, if he charged tickets for this roadshow, I think I'd go along, to be honest, because <laughs> it's been brilliant, some of the videos I've watched so far. But, I mean, he was on he was on TalkSpot earlier in the week with Jim White, and obviously they're going to ask him about Steven Gerrard, and he was basically saying that, ah, he's done well, but he should have won more trophies, which, to an extent, you could probably agree with, to be honest. Um, he did say he was... Jim White did say to him, was he, was he given too much time? And he did say, well, that's for you to answer that, Jim. So th- that wasn't the main one. It was the ones today that I seen that I, I sent you boys to like in the group chat. It was He was doing a BBC Sports Sound, whatever it was, and he absolutely slaughtered Lee Griffiths today, and it was outstanding to watch. I mean, they must hate each other, but he basically said for three months that Griffiths will... Uh, well, we were all off with the COVID, he took basically full wage and came back stone overweight and absolutely slaughtered him for a good couple of minutes. If you haven't if you haven't listened to it, go on to Twitter and just put Lennon in, it comes up. It was brilliant. So he had to go at Lee Griffiths, which was brilliant. And then he was the chief the SFA chief executive, Ian Maxwell was there as well. And they were asking about COVID protocols and he was the next one to get it. So and it was going away back to Obviously, when they went to Dubai, Celtic had 100 buses, apparently, to, to bus one individual person <laughs> per bus. 
And I don't think he could quite grasp the the concept of the rule, Neil Lennon, because Maxwell was saying it, it's something you, you you can do if you want, but I think the minimum was two buses. But if somebody tests positive, there's a certain radius in the bus where those people would need to self-isolate. So if you had more buses, it takes that equation out. There'd be less people, basically. And Lennon couldn't, he couldn't get, he couldn't get his head around it. And he was, he was foaming at the mouth and the heart from that last season is still right in him at the moment. And it is absolutely wonderful to see and hear. So, yeah, I don't, I, I'd imagine you guys looked at the video when I sent it to group chat. And <laughs> what was your thoughts on it? Did you have a chuckle like myself? I, we, he's just on the let's set everything on fire tour and just let's see where everything is at the end of it. I mean, you would you would go so far to think that Celtic might be paying him to put, take the kind of heat off the fact that this Ange Postacoglu's come in and that's not the guy they wanted. It's just, it's unbelievable. I mean, he's obviously very, very upset with the way he's been treated at Celtic and the way that he's, he's been forced to leave. But I mean, it's absolutely spectacular to watch. I mean, uh, you're right. He, he could not grasp the COVID protocol and what the what the protocol was. He, he just couldn't do it. He was struggling to come to terms with it. But I mean, long may this continue. Uh, <laughs> it's hilarious to watch, and it winds them up as well. So it's it's always good. He's getting hard on that, boys. I don't, no, don't know how he's still defending that Dubai trip. <laughs> <laughs> I've not actually watched the whole thing because I watched the first part and he's talking about Lee Griffiths and I found found myself agreeing with me with him and I was like I can't be having this so, I stopped it. so I'll maybe need <laughs> to I'll maybe need to I'll maybe need to go and back and watch, what, what, watch the one with, watch the one with Maxwell Scotia honestly oh, yeah, it's a brilliant one that one yeah, he's, he's very upset about it, to be honest. He, he can't get his head around why the protocols are. They were changed directly for Celtic or something like that. Aye, okay. Um, yeah. But aye, it's good. It's good that he's con- continuing to set fire everything he comes anywhere near. Um, it's brilliant. Um, so we will move on um, now uh, to the Euros, and we're obviously going to discuss Scotland's rather poor performance in the Euros uh, and the kind of the way that they've exited the tournament. Um, Scott, I'll come to you first, mate. You were at Hamden for the Czech Republic game and um, I was pretty angry after that. I said the last podcast me and Ali done, I said that I found myself getting very angry after that. So I don't know how you must have felt, mate. Uh, I was pissed off. Left before the full-time whistle. Just not not too far along, but, you know, just a couple of minutes left to go and I was like right let's get out of here um, uh, very disappointed with that game as soon as I seen the team I was like that's the wrong team he's picked so was not happy one bit with that what was it like being um, back in the stadium aye it was really good it wasn't it didn't seem too too different than normally I mean I've been in Hamden when there's been less than that amount of fans in it for a Scotland <laughs> game anyway I mean to me we played Austria in a friendly once I mean, me and my pal went up to the, I think we came in at the Celtic end and they'd opened up the big barriers they have between there and the North Stand and they just went, sit wherever you want. And to be fair, I've actually also been to Ibrox when there's been that amount of fans, like in a, yeah. one of the early rounds of the League Cup on a Wednesday night in the middle of November. So that wasn't didn't surprise me too much. You're obviously, you were maybe four or five seats between the people in your row, although you did have people right in front of you, which there didn't seem any any rhyme or reason to the, the spacing in that respect. But no, it was, felt normal, really. Obviously, all the kiosks and stuff were closed. Um, I know I mentioned previously, we did have a set 
period that we were told that we had to go into the ground. I think ours was between 11 and half 11, but it transpired that that was just advisory. Um, so we ended up <laughs> So you stayed in the pub. One. <laughs> we did, yes. Uh, my, my, cousins, my cousins actually went on there a lot of times. So they were in the stadium for like the whole two or three hours before kickoff, and they seemed to enjoy it well enough. But um, I, we, we decided to um, make some extra use of the time in the pub um, before we went along. But it seemed all, all okay at that point. The only concern I would have, obviously, news has come out this week that it's going to be 2,000 fans in it. Yes. Scottish grounds um, going forward, which is ridiculous. <laughs> um, that's another matter. But um, if you're doing staggered entry times, for instance, in a midweek game, that could be quite difficult, but given itself a fewer numbers, maybe not too bad. But if you had had like a ridiculous need to be in the stadium two or three hours before kickoff on a Wednesday evening, folk you know need to change their work plans completely to deal with that. I mean, it's bad enough for me normally to get away from work in time to go to the game on a weekday at the moment or in normal times. So just keep an eye on that. Yeah. Um... Yeah, obviously you've touched on the the the, the decision that's came out that there'll be two thousand fans now and not twelve thousand, um, because that's just the way our government works. But it's very backwards, and I've said that a million times. She's just waiting with a finger on the button. As soon as the UEFA and the Euros have left Scotland, she will push the button, and we will go back. Glasgow, I think Glasgow City especially will go back a level. Uh, I think she can't wait to do that, and it just means it's more restrictions on football for um, Rangers and for Celtic. Um, so we'll, we'll discuss the the kind of the, the Croatia game. Um, now, I, I, Croatia, but I, I got Croatia are a good team. Uh, I know there was this whole they're an aging team, they're, they're this and they're that. Uh, Scotland did well to get back into the game. Uh, I, I won't lie, at, at, at half-time, um, to get in at one each, I was like, that's good. Uh, got a wee bit of, of positivity. And then, Ali, why does Steve Clark not change things? Like, And even see the Modric goal before we get to, I got torn into Scotland too much. It's a great goal by Modric, right? It's an unbelievable finish, but that goal was preventable. It, it, it could have been stopped. I literally just said to the missies, we were sitting watching the girl, I said... They're going to concede to you. I was at Scotland, they'll concede to you. Look at what's going to happen. Blah, blah, blah. Modric's goal, actually, 10 seconds after I'd said that. Why does he wait then till 75 minutes before he decides to make any sort of change? And it's the wrong change, let's be honest. Yeah, uh, I was through in Edinburgh this week um, for work and I was speaking to guys through there. And one of the guys said one word which describes Steve Clark quite well. And it was, he's a dinosaur. <laughs> and it... it I thought, no, you're, you're buying one, to be fair. I looked at the team lineup when, we, when it first came out. The midfield wasn't right for me. Armstrong is wasted in that midfield three. He's a forward-thinking player. I think Scotia actually in a group chat, he would have brought John Fleck in there. More Somebody more defensive, put their foot in the ball. I'd agree with Scotia. I thought Armstrong was wasted there. But Scotland got out of jail the first half. Let's be honest about it. Croatia knocked that ball. They passed Scotland off the park the first half. We went in at one each. And I thought, oh, we've got out of jail. A lot of folk are saying he should have changed it at halftime. Yeah, you can. But when you go one each with those players, you probably need to give them in the next five, ten minutes to see if you get that reaction. You could tell after five minutes of the second half, there was no reaction. Again, Croatia, again put the ball in the deck, knocked it about, just moved us all over the park. At that point, I would have made the change. I would have taken, 
don't I don't want this to sound like we're bashing Stephen O'Donnell on this podcast, but I'm not. <laughs> he had a he had a yeah, and I'll, I'll admit this, he had a good game against England on the Friday night, along with all the other players. He he played he played well. But I've said it in this show, he's limited. We had to go and win that game against Croatia. And you've got a boy on the bench, Nathan Parson, who will give you seen O'Donnell in in that, that game, he would go so far to the park and check back, play the ball back, because that, that's not his game. And you can't blame the guy. That That's not his game. You've got a, a boy, Nathan Parson, who would go up and down that wing all day long for you. And to make the changes, not even after 2-1, but after 3-1, the game's dead. It baffles me, absolutely baffles me. And they got what they deserved, Scotland. They, they really did. We had that wee high in the Friday night. Where they, did, they did well against England. And they did do well, Scotland. They, they showed a lot of heart, a lot of fight. They were closing England team down. And a lot of people went in, in, into this game thinking Croatia, like you said, they're the raging team. They're not, they're not as good as they are. Croatia's a good team. And they came and showed that. They're, they're, they schooled Scotland as well. They know how to do it. I just thought we went back to olden time football, if you want to call it, with London Dykes up there. Let's just go route one and try and hit them. That's not going to work. Get the ball in the deck and try and play. London Dykes is limited as well. He's To me, he's a squad player to bring on to change it slightly. I would have kept Che Adams on and put um, Nisbet playing off him. And um, like I say, Armstrong wasn't working in the midfield either. But that, that was my thoughts on it. It was disappointing, but... I wasn't shocked with Steve Clark to be honest, because that's what you get when you when you hire a commandant manager. Yes, it is, mate. That is exactly what you get when you hire a commandant manager. Um, Jamie, uh, this this whole let's be proud we got there um, just won't cut the mustard for me. Um, are you in agreement in that that this is a very disappointing tournament for Scotland, and we should never have been in the position in the first place to have him to get a a win against Croatia. It is, it is really disappointing, I think. Um, come back to your point around the squad and how it's been used and how we've set up. Um, really disappointing that we never went for it in the first game. Um, you know, really good performance against England, as, as you've alluded to. Um, I think just going back to that point around, you know, wasting people or playing them out of position, I really don't like seeing McTominay at centre-back. I think he's best in central midfield. Um, I would have I would have made that change. I know um, Sunis had mentioned as well into the, the game about maybe pulling one of the strikers back into the midfield and, like you say, um, at the beginning of the second half, trying to get a hold of the ball, try and get onto the ball. Um, whereas it just it just wasn't working and we we're just so slow. Um, but yeah, the I guess it's been a big achievement for us to to qualify, um, but to just accept it. It's good to be there. It's not a. Uh, it's not good enough. No, I think it's our first time we've been in a major tournament for twenty three years, but it's our worst performance in a tournament for over sixty years or something like that. I, I can't remember what the start was. I seen it somewhere. Scotia, uh, I'll finish up with you on Scotland, mate. What's What's next for Scotland? Um, did Steve Clark stay in his role as manager? Well, we've already buggered up the qualification for Qatar twenty twenty four, haven't we? Or twenty twenty two? We didn't get off to the greatest of starts there, so we've got a work cut out of us for that one. So it might need to look like a another Nations League kind of getting through that 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 way. Um, the big problem you've got is you get rid of him. Who, who's the manager? Who do you bring in? Mm. No one screams to my mind. 
So, ugh, I don't know. Give him a wee bit. I mean, Ali said, and Jamie have said it, they got the team wrong again on um, Tuesday night there. Fleck would have been, I think, a more like-for-like. Like. Obviously, Gilmore's a far better player, but it would have been a more like-for-like like change. Having Armstrong on on the pitch meant that him and McGinn were negating each other. Whereas, ideally, Fleck there, it means McGinn can go and do what McGinn does best. Um, there was the point when Hanley got pulled up with his injury. He brings on Bloody McKenna. I mean, I would, <laughs> a, I would have brought on Cooper first, but there was also an opportunity, I thought, there to push O'Donnell inside to play in the right centre-back role and have Patterson as your right wing-back. That was that would have been a wee bold option at that point. But it brings on McKenna, and McKenna's first involvement in the game is to get booked. <laughs> and then that, that, that kind of buggers him for the rest of the game. So, uh, wrong decisions, wrong subs. He got England spot on. No complaints. England was spot on. Probably should have take, taken a few chances there. I was disappointed that we didn't actually come away with more than a draw there. But wrong subs. So it doesn't fill me with huge amounts of confidence and I, the next defeat and I feel we get beat I don't even I've not looked at who we play next and the, the, the next sort of couple of qualifier games I imagine they'll be September time usually but if we lose or drop points in any of them then the World Cup qualification through that group stage is um, out the water so it'll need to be Nations League next year to look to get Scotia Sco- can I ask you something I, I've, I've listened to a lot of after all these games and I listened to Super Scoreboard in the car today when I was away up to Dundee and there's a lot of people coming on going, Scotland, so-called, so you want to come, so I know you're a die-hard Scotland fan, there's so-called ones coming on going, oh, I'm proud of the team we got there. I think these are people that have just come out to watch Scotland. They've never watched a football game in their life. They don't understand football. And see if you're going to accept mediocre, you're going to get that after this. You need to strive to be better. And I just think these people that have come out and went, oh, we're proud of them. They, they got there. They got through there through a back door, let's be honest. They didn't get there the way you should get there. They had two home games at Hamden, which was another advantage, and they still made an arse here. So are you in that camp of these people that go, oh, I'm, I'm still proud of them, they did well, or are you, like me, in terms of a football head on me saying, no, sorry, it's not good enough. He got it completely wrong, apart from the England game. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not fully with them. There is a degree of, yeah, you're proud of them, but there needs to be that next step to be better than that. You, you can't just accept, as, as you say, you can't just accept the mediocrity. You know, Carney made a good point. It's been our worst. Usually, we'll, usually in World Cup or European Championship games, group games, we'll win one against one of the best nations in the, that's in the tournament, we'll draw against a team that's relatively similar to us and we'll get gubbed by some unknown team. That's usually the script with Scotland. Um, this was yeah, this year was even worse. Um, no, you can't... There needs to be more. But there is a, I don't want to say that you, there isn't any pride there that they got there and stuff like that. There is that, but it stops and then the next point is you need to be going on better than that. I think what you'll find is... An awful lot of the people that are saying this type of thing, with all due respect, won't be a fan of Rangers. So they're more used to, to settling for that. As a Rangers fan, you expect to win every game. So there's a different, a slightly different mindset between Rangers collectively as a whole and what they see as success and what Scotland as a whole sees as success. Because they're two different teams in different levels of like the places they play. Yeah, 
but I, I, I generally, I, I tweeted it, that this whole, I do generally believe this whole, um, oh, we should just be proud we got there is just birthday card pish, um, to be honest, because Scotland really should have done better. I don't think there's really any doubt about it, and they did get it wrong. Uh, so we'll wait and see what the future holds for Scotland. So obviously the, the road to the final is has now started, if you like, and there's some interesting ties, to be honest. Obviously we've got the, the standard England v Germany match um, that we have to have at every tournament so they can run 19 66 down your throat any chance they get and uh, Belgium v Portugal looks particularly intriguing uh, but Wales will obviously fancy their chances as well getting through against Denmark Jamie I'll come to you mate is there any particular ties you're looking forward to and who's your favourite Belgium Portugal is probably the the standout um, fixture that side of the draw is just absolutely mental um, mm. Italy, Belgium, Portugal, France, Croatia, Spain. Like, I, I genuinely couldn't pick who's going to get through there. I mean, I have picked. I've actually put money on Italy, but um, God knows. Honestly, don't know who's going to get through there. <laughs> Although, a uh, one one team actually, I think that are going to do quite well are Sweden. They were. I was really surprised. They obviously topped a group. Um, but they've got Ukraine. And they'll play the winner of England v Germany. I don't know. I've just got a sneaky feeling. I think Sweden are going to do well. Big Phil Hollander to score a header in the final to win it for them. I'd love to see that. Uh, I think England, if England get through and beat Germany and actually show up and start playing a bit of football, England, they've got. They're in the the good side of the draw, as you've just mentioned, mate. The, the left hand side is crazy, man. Like the, every every team that's got a chance of winning, it's kind of on that side. Um, so I think England have, if they show up, start playing a bit of football, they could possibly get themselves to the final. And if Wales do well, there's a potential for a Wales and England semi final at Wembley as well, which is madness. Ali as well. Who, any ties you're particularly looking forward to, and your favourite for it still France? Yeah, I mean. So I got an email from my work today because I work for an English company saying because the England game kicks off at five o'clock if you want to use annual leave yeah, finish or, early. <laughs> or, or, or finish early for it and, and work it back and I was going to write an email you guys get pumped anyway so but I did so. <laughs> but, um, but no I mean probably England Germany is probably the pick in there as Jamie said as well you've also got um, Bills in Portugal I mean last night's games were absolutely mental I think Portugal mental. were in first second third and fourth all the way through that night so that was mental the, the one I'm I quite I've quite enjoyed watching Wales and I think Scotland can learn a lot from Wales they they've shown quite a wee bit I've I couldn't tell you many of their players Wales apart from Ramsey Bale and there's a few others in there but they they look like a team Wales they look like a team that know each other inside out and when they played Turkey, I, I was very impressed with them. And even against um, Italy, I, I thought they were decent. So I think Wales have got a right good chance against Denmark. I know Denmark had a good result in their last game, but the Wales-Denmark one for me on Saturday when we were out, obviously, I, I think that's a good one. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I think Wales could do, I think Wales could put Denmark out. I really do. Yeah, I think Wales would fancy their chances as well. Um, Scott, who are you? Obviously, Scotland are out now, and we all know anybody that's been around you, I've been unfortunate enough to be around you once you've had a couple of beers, know that you love Italy, mate. So, um, who, who are you? Who are you going for, mate? Who's your favourites? Uh, my two picks, I put two bets on at the start of the tournament for France and Italy. Um, 
France haven't really impressed me, to be honest, so far. They've not been hitting top gear. I think Italy have been. But the other team that's really impressed me during those group stages were the Netherlands. Um, in particular, that boy Dumfries that plays mm. right back for them. He's looked really good. So I've been really impressed with Netherlands. They've got the Czech Republic, so they've got a, a decent chance of getting through that. Um, so I, Italy or Netherlands for me would, would be ideal. Um, got some sort of family connection to both of those countries as well. So that's always a good... And I've got their tops, some of their old retro tops, so <laughs> I can get them out and wear them. So uh, and, you like, and you like Italian gin as well. Oh, you I, do. Amalfi, is it Amalfi, isn't it? Amalfi, Amalfi. Gin? Amalfi, Amalfi gin. Amalfi gin. That's quite nice. Uh, it's, a, it's a good gin, that. But yeah, I mean, as I say, this is the the, the, the start of the, the real proper big games now, obviously. Uh, but, I mean, some interesting ties. But I think if England buck up their ideas, they've, they've got a good chance of getting somewhere. Um, as much as it pains me to say, I think they could do well if they start playing with the way, playing with the potential that they have, with the, the, the players that they have within that team. But... I'll probably still go with France, I think. I think either France or Italy um, to, to win it, I think. Uh, and good luck to Wales. I, I've got a bit of family connection to Wales, so good luck to Wales. I hope they I hope they progress well. I hope they get through against Denmark. And then they, they've got an all-bad shout as well. I know they come up, will probably come up against uh, the Dutch, but, I mean, you never know. You never know. It's knockout football, isn't it? Uh, so we'll wait and see. But that'll do us for tonight, gentlemen. Uh, we bit longer than usual, but quite a lot to get through. Uh, so as always Ali thank you very much for your time mate no problem I'll see you all on Saturday Saturday mate yeah Jamie thanks very much for your time mate thank you very much looking forward to Saturday as well yeah can't wait for it Uh, and Scott thanks very much mate yeah thanks guys one more day to the weekend one more day mate payday tomorrow as well mate cannot wait I'm literally skint so cannot wait to get paid tomorrow but yes uh, we'll well, I'm sure I'll spend it all on Saturday, put it that way, but looking forward to it. So just time for me to do my shameless plug, obviously. Please uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, like the videos, give us a wee five-star review on Apple Podcast, leave a comment and share anywhere that you can. It really does support us and really makes a huge difference. Uh, thank you to everybody for listening, uh, especially if you listened right to the very end. Really do appreciate it. And keep your eyes out on the YouTube channel and our, our socials for Monday. I've got a wee special video coming on Monday, so keep your eye out for that. So that'll do us. Uh, we are Club at 22, the Champions Podcast, and we'll speak to you all next time. Cheers. <laughs>